2: Hey, Stuart. Hey, there, mate, you right?
3: I'm um, splendid, my friend. Good, good. Yeah, you yeah. know
2: how fucking excited I am right now, don't you? Yes. Well, I uh, yeah. I this was in is, the car with This you. is number one. Numero uno. Yep. The big cheese. The big dog. <laughs> the fucking... The main man. Yeah. We, we went to fucking Manchester. Yeah. And I got to spend the afternoon sitting in the front room of someone from what I regard as the greatest band of all time. And... He was bloody lovely, wasn't he? Yes, the man
3: we speak of is Mr. Mike Joyce from The Smiths.
2: Not just The Smiths, as you will you will uh, get to hear about. Mm-hmm. Public Image Limited with John Lydon, Sinead O'Connor. He was in... Well, he'll it, talk about it, and he'll talk about other bands that maybe you didn't know he was in, and bands that might not even have happened because he gives you some insight into some some turns of events with the kind of... Ins and outs of, uh, of of how intertwined the Manchester music scene was at that point, and it just seemed like a fucking incredibly vibrant place to be. You know that what what was going on in punk and then post punk, leading right the way up until pretty much the, the the you know the early days of the hacienda and stuff like that. It's it's a if you're into your music, you're gonna absolutely adore it, and if you're not you're going to fucking adore it because it's it's just a fucking great listen.
3: Mike is just the most positive, fun guy to hang out with. He's got a lot of energy. As soon as we pulled up there, it was great to catch up with him because, of course, we've done club nights with yep. him, which you'll hear about during the thing. Um, so it was a lot of fun to catch up. And this podcast is in two parts, uh, two hourly parts. It could have gone on forever. Yeah. We're having a real laugh, and uh, I think Mike's uh, family probably keen to get rid of us uh, by the end of it. Um, but yeah, it's it's an absolute pleasure. And
2: what I'll say is, if if you you've discovered this because you're a Morrissey or a Smiths obsessive, um, like like the best of us, um, and you enjoy it, what I'll say is as well. Before we get going, have a look for our back catalogue of, of other guests because we've interviewed the likes of Elastica, Block Party, The Blue Tones. Mark Moore from S-Express. Baby Shambles. Baby Shambles. And, and, and we, we, we've got some... I'm sure we've probably forgot a few there as well. Um, we, we've interviewed some, some fantastic musicians. some more modern and, bands. Definitely guitar pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. The Milk. And The Milk. Um, yeah. yeah, so there's, there's, there's loads there to get your, your teeth into if you like your, your good indie music and such. So um, let's, let's stop banging on about this and let's just say enjoy part one of Hardcore Listing with Chris and Stu and more importantly... Mike Joyce from the Smiths. It's a drunken soirée in the within. Chris and Joe present our core listing, the podcast.
3: Yeah, well, we we are now recording. Yeah. Um Yeah. So, all right, mate. I'm going to say, ask how you are, but I've just, as you said, been in the car with you for four hours, which yeah. was awful. Yeah. Can I just say? Yeah.
2: Oh, um, I gave you an, an, an education on, on indie music, I think, on the way up here. Yeah, sort
3: of. Yeah. Um, well, given who our special guest is today, yeah. um, you had the windows wound down, screaming out their songs, crying in the car. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was uh, that was interesting to watch. And uh, the point when I said uh, like, the only time I started eating in the car is when you decided to start smoking, <laughs> and, and then I was like, "Mate, I'm a, don't smoke anymore." And then you chain smoked for the rest
2: of the journey. <laughs> <laughs> so, Anyway, well, I'm all right, mate. You good? Uh, I'm, I'm great. This is, this is really good. This is, it's a Sunday and, um, and we've driven up to Manchester um, this this morning. Um, and what, what an amazing reason to come to, to Manchester. Um, we're sitting in an absolutely stunning house, which is owned by uh, Mr. Mike Joyce.
4: Hi, right. well, lads. How are you doing? Yeah, very well. well thanks, mate. mate. All yeah. good.
2: Thank you so much for inviting us up here today. So. It's really exciting. We're uh, we're buzzing.
3: Yeah, it's good to see you, man. It's been a while.
4: It has been a while. I know um, the Camden excursions. Um, interesting. I mean, I'm not sure. the brush, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. that's
2: where we met. You come with a pink toothbrush for the first time and and DJed for us, and then you
4: was it. What part was it? The thirtieth party or something? It was, it was the
2: thirtieth anniversary 30th of the club, anniversary. and it was you and Scrooge. Yeah, um, yeah, you both DJed. Which
4: I mean, I was massively buzzing, but I just thought. I don't know I don't like being on the bill sometimes when it's like you know when they're that mega yeah <laughs> because what I just feel as though whatever I'm going to be playing is shit yeah because you know once some, once you know somebody that's, that is really really good at what they do yeah I mean I just play records I like yeah which are, I know what those guys do anyway yeah but they do it because the DJ, I mean, you know, yeah, they, yeah, there's yeah. some people that can just do it and yeah. do it well. And I, I just play records I like. Yeah. But I remember saying to you, I was a bit worried that, you know, obviously, the, how's it going to work in terms of our taste? And yeah. you said, no, oh, it's all right at the bus because it's a party. Yeah. And yeah. when you go into a party and everyone's having a good time, yeah. everyone's having a good yeah. time. The music, I wouldn't say it's secondary, but as long as, you know, the music's all right, I mean, yeah. people are it, having it, a good time. If
2: you play good songs, you're home and dry. Like, yep. whatever genre, if it's, you, know, it's, you play good tunes.
3: It's going off in the
2: brush at the moment as well, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's still, like it's getting still really it's still busy. And, and, you know, we, we've spoke on previous podcasts, like the, the kind of concept of the, the Indie Nights, it's not as big as it was, you know? Yeah. It was like, you know, 10 years ago, you couldn't move for Indie Nights, and 20 years ago, it was it was huge. And and kind of club culture's changed quite a bit now. And yeah. uh, so it's just proud that the brush is still doing... Playing alternative music and, and guitar
4: music and and people are, are still enjoying it, you know. Yeah. It's well, it's cool because honestly, after some of the places I've DJed, and a lot of times I've spoken to the promoter or whatever, and I've I've had a look online just to see what kind of uh, music I'm, I'm and yeah. not expected to play, but just to see what kind of a club it is. Yeah, I've got the little slight variations in a, in a lot of nights, mm. and um. I've spoken to a lot of uh, promoters that they say they're a very discerning crowd. Now, I've still yet to meet this discerning crowd, yeah, right? Yeah. I don't know who they are. It's a bit like when people say, oh, you know what they say, who's they? Yeah. <laughs> who, who are they? <laughs> who are they? I want to meet these yeah, people. Yeah, because they've got it all this, sorted. Yeah, yeah, on this panel, <laughs> I like, sit there saying, right, this is how it is. Let's have a lot of sheet of paper. <laughs> No, we don't agree with that. I mean, yeah. That's what they said. <laughs> and, and this discerning crowd. Yeah,
3: you'd you like to think you're bringing in a discerning crowd, but they're just people <laughs> yeah. who they just want to
4: have a laugh I on know. a well, night I, out. Well, I've tried the kind of going down the, the discerning tunes mm. and yeah. they're standing there with their arms folded. Yeah,
3: going a bit too introspective. Actually, yeah. Mike, yeah. I've got to say this. One of, one of your stories you told me. Um, you said it's about, mate. One yeah, right. Right. I so, I heard we're heard talking about this. Was when you got booked to go out to Germany? And well, you the ended up... Oh, mate, tell tell through that one. Could, could it, you ever tell that
4: one? Because that, that was funny. Yeah, well, I, it was... Um, oh, where was it? In Rostock, right? Which is the old East German. It's right up on the coast, actually. Um, and then, is it the Caspian Sea? I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Up there, anyway. A scary, dark place. And then I flew to Hamburg, and I didn't realise, you know, I, I didn't check the map, maps or mileage or whatever, so I flew to Hamburg, and got picked up by a guy there proper kind of full length leather coat and uh, a lot of piercings and stuff. And he picks me up and he's like, Mike, Mike, hi. And I'm like, hi, all right? And I said, what's the drive to the gig? About three, maybe four hours. And I was like, what? Because I'm a, I mean, you get you get to the airport, yeah, yeah, if it's a half an hour, cool, whatever. Yeah. Three quarter, an hour, what? Yeah. And four hours, I'm like, well, why yeah. not a flight there? Yeah to Rostock? Anyway, yeah. no direct flights from Manchester. Long story. So we get in there, and there's me and him, and I'm sitting in the front, and it's like, you know, two and a half hours in. And I'm just thinking. This better be good, man. Yeah. This has got to be a good gig, this, because a four-hour drive isn't right, really, anyway. Yeah. So we get there, and uh, before we get there, uh, I asked, he, he said, I'll show you some of the, the bands that are on, and he shows me um, a flyer, and uh, on the front there's um, a coffin. <laughs> uh, a, 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 <laughs> right? And I'm like, right, that's a bit hardcore. And so I have a look inside, and then there's a lot of kind of slayings and kind of pictures of people kind of hanging from trees and stuff, and I'm like, <laughs> whoa. What's it? Maybe it's just the one. That's one band's flyer. Yeah. So we get there, and uh, I can hear the, the the band, a band that's on. And I didn't, I, I didn't not know any of the names of the bands. I thought, wow, this sounds it's a bit weird. This. So anyway, I can hear pretty hardcore tunes coming. But because it's in a tent and it's a festival, you don't really kind of hear it properly. You just hear the cacophony the of it. Mm. So I went into my room. and Then the guy that was in a chalet, and the guy said to me, "You're doing the after show party." Uh, I think it was, I think the festival finished at two and I was doing two to four and I was like, okay, cool. So, uh, about quarter to two, I kind of get my stuff ready, I've been having a couple of beers, watching a bit of telly and stuff. And I go down and I I go in this room and it is, I look ridiculous because every single person, five, maybe six hundred people in this room is a goth. Now... (laughs) I'm, you know I mean? I'm cool goth Whatever yeah. you want to do is your own thing. But I'm like listening to this music and it's it's not goth music that I know as goth. Yeah. Kind yeah, of, yeah. You know, uh, I don't know, Killing Joe. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Susie or whatever, yeah. or, you know. Uh, Sisters of Mercy. This is like... Yeah. And I'm like, it just sounds like devil music, yeah. which is the idea. Yeah. So I go in there and they're not dancing either. Yeah. They're kind of... You know I mean Ian Curtis would be looking at it and going, that's a weird dance yeah you know what I mean? <laughs> they're, they're, they're doing this kind of it's like it's like they've, they've had the wrists slashed yeah. and or the jugular's being slashed yeah and and they're kind of like. Freaking out, yeah. Uh, but everybody's doing this. It looks like a bit like you know when you see a strobe, yeah. And everyone's kind of in the strobe and yeah, doing that yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. weird kind of yeah. catching yeah. A, a, a glimpse of them. A each. It's like that. <laughs> but they're all doing that. They're not kind of dancing really. And I'm thinking, what, what, what am I doing in here? Yeah. So I get up next to the DJ. He's six foot nine, right? He's got those shoes on that you see yep. in yeah. wherever in your life. You get some of those when you're out with your mates. Yeah. They'll suit you. Yeah. You know, it does, the platforms They're about 12 or 14 inch platforms. Yeah,
2: generally the official attire of anyone that works at Camden Market
4: yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: basically he's selling uh,
3: ashtrays that have got skull imprints in yeah. them, basically. Yeah, yeah, so
4: he's got, the, and I mean, he's got like a you know a big hat on, and he's about nine feet with his, his shoes on of and he looks down like, down at me, and he looks at me like I look ridiculous, and I yeah. do because I'm in this nightclub yeah. where everyone's a goth, yeah. and I'm just thinking why he's got, why am I here? So anyway, he said, he was like, "What kind of music you play?" And I was like, um... I don't know, tonight uh, <laughs> I'm going to be a goth teacher. Yeah. So I'm thinking, right, bit of Bauhaus. Start, you can't go wrong with a bit of yeah. Bauhaus. So I put this, I, pull, I can't remember, Bella goes, he's dead or something, yeah. so I'll stick that on. And then everyone just stops, right, <laughs> doing this weird freaking out that they're doing and just stares at me. So I'm there like looking back at them thinking, I, I, I don't think she's going down that well, really. So they're kind of just staring and then one by one, they leave the dance floor right just one by one and then more and more and more until I've, I've, by the end of the track every single person i can't remember 300 400 people every single person has left the dance floor wow. every single this what? is this is every month for Stu. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can't get any worse at this point can it it can't get any worse so i'm thinking right okay a uh, bit of the banshees maybe this'll kind of yeah. bring them back in the Yeah, throat. yeah, yeah. No, of course. So then the booing...
2: There you you get out of jail cards for goth night, surely, aren't they? Well, I would have thought so, but
4: obviously I'm wrong. So then the booing starts, (laughs) right? And they're hissing, and there's a few projectiles start coming past, right? So this guy next to me, luckily he stayed, and he says, it's not going very well, is it? (laughs) And I said, no, no. (laughs) Because I thought that's how you spoke. Yeah. And I said, "Uh, no, it's not. I said, look, I'm not going to play anymore, mate. This is a mare... I said, yeah. you best get back on." He's like, "Okay, fade the track down." So of course I'm fading the track down. Of course he fades as well. And if he starts, oh, and they all get on and start chundering yeah. around again, going, <laughs> <laughs> and it's kind of back on. So I walked off and I was laughing at this point. Yeah. I couldn't do anything other than that. Yeah. So. The next day I go into the uh, production office because I stayed over of course and uh, to get me my three hour drive or whatever, three and a half hour drive then my flight, oh and I go into the production office and the guy's there and he's like, how was it last night for you? And I said, uh, not great, not great at all mate. Why, what's the problem? I said, well, it's a goth night man and it was a goth festival. Why did you ask me? And he was like, hold on a minute. he had to look at the schedule and he's like, ah, oh, okay. Uh, next week we, we have uh, this band, James, you know this band? And I was like, yeah, and he's like, and uh, happy, happy Mondays, and uh, I am clue, and doves, you know these, but and I'm like, yeah, and he's like, oh yes, next, you're on next week, I think, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I think you're right. Oh, brilliant, right, but, brilliant. And uh, I mean, I, I like, just can't
2: wait to see that the, the following week when the goth DJ <laughs> turns up to follow James. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> and then, but it was one of those things where I was just thinking, I, 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 I mean, what do I would say to my agent, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, I, did, I suppose, I finally went and said, how did it go? And I was like, eh, have you got half an hour? <laughs> I said, not very well, really. It was a goth fest. Anyway, and I, of course, recited the story. But, you know, those things, I suppose after that's happened, it doesn't matter if you're playing a song that, you know, people are think, no, yeah, I'm yeah. not too sure about this one. Yeah. Yeah, there's yeah.
3: no way that
2: you're going to ever feel as
3: bad think, as <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. when, the whole, when
4: the whole audience leaves. DJ, you've got your...
2: Whatever the night, you've always got in the back of your mind, and you think, right, I could always drop do stuff Stop To You Get Enough by Michael Jackson. The place is going to go off because people can't not move <laughs> to something like that. You know, you've got your, your few little just guaranteed everybody's going to just go tune. Yeah. Yeah. You got fuck all there, have you? Yeah. You, you, no, it, like, was, it was a
4: non star. Yeah. Like, a non-star. But saying that, though, I mean, I do a bit of DJing in Italy, and if I played like a bit of the Jacksons or anything that's got a bit of chic or whatever, yeah, yeah, that yeah, sounds yeah. great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, uh, they'd, do the same thing. Yeah. Really? Well, yeah, because they want to hear. Like, I suppose in Italy, I mean, it's quite a conservative country. I mean, a lot of Europe is. Yeah. yeah really. is. I mean, apart from obviously, you know, if you go into the right places in Berlin. Yeah, of yeah. course. The right yeah, yeah. in France. You're the right in Pratt, in, Of course, it's going to be, <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be everywhere where there's an underground scene. Yeah. But, most of in Italy, it's kind of Rai, which is you know that Rai one, two, three. It's like BBC one, BBC two, BBC three. They they operate everywhere. They own everything. They own all the radio. They own all the TV. So whatever goes goes, that's what you hear. Yeah. So bands like the Smiths and the Cure and Depeche Mode, uh, they are kind of considered like like Crass. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're right. like the serious underground oh, hardcore. Oh really? Mm. Yeah. We're the serious underground left wing kind of. Um, a revolutionary kind of style of music. Yeah. Because when you think about what we're up against in terms of what's what they're being fed in Italy, yeah. we are. Yeah. yeah. So if I play anything like that yeah. in Italy, it's like, whoa, that's like the enemy's music. Yeah. It's like, it's like playing, I don't know, Deep Purple at a punk festival. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or vice versa. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's it's that kind of separated. So it's funny because even now, you know, I'm kind of. I still throw a few maggots in to see yeah. I, if I get a bite for yeah. you know, the first two or three tunes thinking let's just see what happens yeah. and see how it goes. I
3: hate that when you build, like you get you, you get the dance floor going. I'm, I'm assuming, obviously, I've never got a dance floor going, but you build up you build up the thing, you think, oh, I've got a little song here. I don't think people are that familiar with it, but it's an absolute banger and you can't wait to play it and you play it and everyone fucking hates it, <laughs> yeah. and, it and it breaks you a little bit. You're like... Come on, guys! How do you not know how good this song is? But yeah, that, when that does, hurts, man. When well, you do I did that. it with
4: Prince not long ago because I had a 12-inch mix and I was like, "This is going to be fantastic." Because it's—I mean, because you don't know what it is for about yeah. 30 seconds. And it's—it's it's just like, "What is this?" And then it just kicks in with the riff, and I was like, "Yeah!" yeah. Everyone's like, "No!" They're <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. like, "We've waited 30 seconds for Prince. Now let's go for a pint yeah. Let's go for a pint." <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks, man
2: bastards they don't, they don't know how good they've got it well no, that's it so right so you've got your top five yeah and what, what what's your top five going to be today
4: well it's top five albums because I think one of the things that because when I DJ uh, you know uh, with Scrooge and, and people that are known for certain genres and styles really mm. you know you've got a dance house DJ a dance DJ deep, deep trance DJs, punk DJ soul northern soul reggae, does, they're all kind of going out doing their own things, whereas when I go out, I'm not known for a style of music. Yeah. I mean, like I say, in Italy, they want to hear, they, it's got to be indie. That's yeah. the indie. Yeah. Of it got to be indie. So, um, you know, when I'm playing kind of uh, uh, I Believe in Miracles by the Jackson sisters, people are like, I didn't expect you to play right. that, yeah. man. And and I like that. I like yeah. that aspect of it. Um, my, my, my kind of, the tastes are, are varied, but they got, I mean, when I was 16, 17, it's punk rock. Yeah, everything yeah. else was rubbish. Yeah, um, because I was sixteen. But yeah. you find so when at that
2: age, that's when you find your gang, isn't it? And that's yeah. that. That's yeah. when you like you wear your colours on your sleeve, do not yeah. you? It's yeah. like right, um, you know. Probably I don't know you was drum and bass, but for me at sixteen, I you know eighty nine, I just got the Roses and the Mondays and, and, and the Smiths, obviously. And it yeah. was like, and then that was it. I was an indie kid. Do you yeah, know what yeah. I mean? And like, and anyone else that weren't an indie kid, I didn't. Uh, that, they weren't. They didn't get me. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And like, yeah. Yeah.
3: But you mature, and and you end up just picking up genres, don't you? That's yeah. what I found. Like, um, I think mine was hip hop first, mm. and then, yeah, drum and bass. I didn't really, really get into indie until I was nineteen, I mm. guess, and then was a huge fan of it. And then you go back through
2: all the bands and mm. whatnot. But I think it's also. Obviously, whatever's going on in music at that point as well. Yeah, you know, if 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 punk was was happening when you was at the right age, yeah. then it, that, I mean, I, I've said on plenty of podcasts we've recorded, I would have given anything to have experienced punk. Yeah, like yeah. because I can't imagine what that must have been like. right yeah. like, because as much as you know, I, I, my early sort of my sixteen, seventeens, you know, I've got acid ass and. And the mad Chester, if you want to call yeah. it that. You know, that was all... But guitar music had had happened to a degree by then. You know, there'd been shocking movements in music. But punk, before that, I just... The thought of, of that, like, what... You know, you watch the Bill Grundy show and you can see the contempt for it. And, mm-hmm. like, and I'd love to have just sort of known what it was like to have been in and around London or Manchester or, you know, the big cities and seen, like, the impact that was having... Like, when yeah. we had
3: Mark Moore on the show, he yeah. uh, he was talking about sort of like his,
2: uh, from his exposure,
3: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that was that was wicked. And just hearing about how he sort of got into that scene and he was ha- hanging out, just bowling up and hanging out in Sid and Nancy's house. No,
2: it was Lydon's. He said he, he would like, literally Lydon, just yeah. go and knock on That's Johnny Lydon's door, and he'd be Lydon. like, "I'll like, oh, come and have a cup of tea." Yeah, and yeah. uh, like, yeah. and he said, but you'd be on a bus. or he said, or, or you'd go up to um, Manchester to watch the Buzzcocks, and you'd be on a bus and you'd see a punk, and you'd be like, "All right." Because yeah. you was a punk, yeah. and like, and so there was that kind of mentality that we're gonna get on because we're punks. Do yeah. you know what I mean? And and I think that's lost now. I don't think that exists that much anymore. Like that that kind of not gang, not gang culture, but that kind of you know wearing your colours on your sleeve. Wearing your colours on your hmm. sleeve. The only thing that I think is, is heavy metal. The metalers still look like heavy metalers. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and and goths. Like, <laughs> but um, but I wouldn't see someone in a a, looking like they've just been to an indie club and thought, like, I'm going to go and say hello because we like indie music, well, you know was, what I mean? Well, I think,
4: because punk, when it happened, this wasn't about a style of music. Yeah. It was a seismic shift yeah. in the way that society yeah. was. Yeah. Because prior to that, kind of 72, 73, 74, 75... There was no kind of gang mentality. I mean, obviously, the, the, there was in pockets of it with your Teds and everything. Yeah. I mean, of course, there always was, was. But this was kind of... If you look at some footage of people walking down the street in 1973 and 1974, everyone looks like Jeremy Clarkson. Yeah. Just no Nobody's got an identity. Right. Very, very few yeah. people. And that way of kind of expressing yourself, I think it was a kind of revolutionary because regardless of... The, the, you know liking the music because the music, a lot of the music wasn't great music it was just angst yeah. and energy mm. and yeah. anger and frustration about just not necessarily about anything in particular yeah it was just a, just just wanted to go just fuck off the lot yeah and Angel, a way yeah. to release an energy yeah. and when I, spirit yeah. yeah well when i i was i was a i mean those people that when i got into the pistols because i was uh uh, i was 16 in 1979 so uh, i was a bit too young for it but those c- people that were in the pistols in the 76 and 77 i was only 13 so i didn't really i mean obviously i saw it going on mm. but i didn't really kind of latch on to it yeah. but when i was getting into the pistols people were saying you know oh, the pistols sell out not interested it's over you yeah. know because even people were saying that about 1977 yeah you know? and saying, oh, it's all over now, you know, that great scene that we had in 76, it's gone and it's finished and it's forgotten. Mm. Well, it took a little while to get to the suburbs, trust me. So when it hit Manchester, as far as I was concerned, and I was, you know, you talk about the thing of walking around, I mean, I'm walking around just as a punk, and people would cross over the road because they didn't know what I was going to do. Oh, you know, I'd get chased just because of the way that I was dressed, because of what it signified, Mm. because to nose people up just because of the clothes that you wear... That's quite a that's quite mm. some feat, that yeah. to get people to yeah. g- attack you in the street because of yeah. the clothes that you're wearing, yeah. because of the music that you like. That showed you the strength yeah. of just of, of being doing that, yeah. and it took some ball. And you know, being around Manchester definitely. and being and around anywhere really. Yeah. Um But some of those bands that were kind of considered punk, like Adam and the Ants, that's one of me one of my faves. Yeah. yeah, definitely my top five. Dirk wears white socks. Yeah, when I heard yeah, yeah, that. yeah. I was. um it made me think, it made me kind of muse. I was kind of bit of stroking my non existent beard and thinking, what is this, man? What is this? What yeah. are you doing? Yeah. I've never heard anything like it. Yeah. And you know, I mean, that kind of, when you're in the two camps of punk or, uh, you know, rock or, you know, I, I like rock music, me, and I like Sabbath, and I like Deep Purple and Uriah Heep, and all those. Oh, no, I hate those. I like the Clash and the Pistols and the Banshees. You know, this was something that I'd never heard before. It wasn't rock music and it yeah. wasn't punk, punk music. Yeah. It was music that was made by people that were around at the time of 1976 and 77, and they were lumped in to that kind of thing of punk rock because it was something that couldn't be... Uh, it was genre-less. Yeah. You couldn't yeah. You couldn't say, Adam and the Ann is a punk rocker yeah. I mean of course it came around you know with uh, th- that mob and, 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 and a certain kind of gang and yeah. a certain mentality of those people that are hanging yeah. around like Susie and, and yeah. Billy Idol and these people that were kind of Marco Peroni that were part of the Basterty set or whatever, yeah. you know, whatever you want to call them whatever crew they, were, they belonged to um, then it, they all kind of went off and did their own thing because it happened yeah. in Manchester as well mm. at the the of Free Trade Hall when Buzzcocks played, yeah. you know, uh, Wilson was there, Morrissey yeah. was there, Hookie was there, Bernard was there. People went off and... Mick Hucknell was and, there. Yeah, Mick Hucknell, <laughs> yeah, well apart from him, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some people went on to make great music <laughs> so, <laughs> and Mick Hucknell was there. So, uh, <laughs> actually, I've got I've got a Mick Hucknell record. He was in a band called The Frantic Elevator. Uh, yes, yeah, right, yeah. A punk band There's a, uh, a couple of tracks that I liked actually. One track called Every Day I Die which is pretty good, which is just going, boom, 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 boom. Every day I die, every day I die. <coughs> which is right up there in yeah. terms of number nine. Yeah. Number nine, just to get in your noggin and yeah, just yeah, freak yeah, you yeah. out. be like, yeah. what's that, man? Yeah. He's just saying that over and over yeah. again. Why fucking not? Yeah. Why not, man? But Adam and the Ants, definitely. When but the thing is, Adam,
2: with, with Adam and the Ants as well, and, and with most of the punk stuff, like, sonically it's any different, but visually it was... So striking, wasn't it? Was it? And powerful. if you're 16, you're, you you want something different, don't you? You yeah. wanna you wanna be like, wow, you, you, it was you know, the, yeah. It was the
4: sexual, element. it you know, was a was musical it, version
2: yeah. of a video nasty. You wanted to know, you you know, you wanted to see it. You wanted to be yeah. part of it. You wanted to get involved in it. And yeah.
4: Well, I wanted to know what was going on inside his head. Yeah. And I wanted to know where was the. The Stimulus to do those kind of songs, there's, you know, every song's but well, not every song's there's a lot of songs about bondage, and a lot yeah. of songs about, um, you know, uh, just kind of uh, sadomasochism, and yeah, and and, and people didn't sing about no. sadomasochism, yeah. yeah, here's the new seekers with,
0: <laughs> yeah,
4: yeah, 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 it's not gonna happen, you know, yeah. and 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 it was. I mean, obviously, sex is always taboo, and yeah. it always be, too, especially like you're saying there, you're thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, yeah, sixteen. Yeah, 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 Of course it is. It's one of those things that you don't do that. No smoking. Yeah. No drinking. No yeah. sex. It's like, right, what am I doing tonight? Exactly. I'll get I'll drink, some things, smoke, Go out yeah. and get pissed. Yeah. Sag somebody. Yeah. yeah. That's the idea because it's you're not supposed to be doing those things. Yeah. But I was amazed by uh, seeing a band that because again, and that's why I love Buzzcocks as well because the. the Because, I I mean, I like The Clash, but I wasn't a massive fan of them because I just thought they were a bit too spitty and a bit too kind of aggressive. Whereas with Adam and the Ants, it it seemed like there was no aggression at all. It was just about what they were creating. And I'd never heard music like that. I'd never heard a band play music that sounded like that. And when you're that young and that impressionable, because now, unfortunately, most kind of, you know, you have to follow a certain trend. Otherwise, the a the labels won't be interested. You,
2: you ain't guess You're never going to get a second album. No, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean,
4: you, I mean, but then again, surely because of the way that the industry's changed now, and the way that you can make your own. You don't have to go in a studio. Exactly. You don't have to go and press, you know, ten thousand records. No. Yeah. You can have a couple of hundred made. I'm waiting for something to actually explode. Yeah. And do that again. And, and you know, good on them. I'm really looking forward to. To, to it happening yeah. I mean, but I'm, mate we uh, talk about this a lot every uh, podcast honestly, any, we, any we, musician when we, this when comes talk, up honestly, what's around the corner like, when's it going to happen th- th-
3: there's, there's probably producers out there now going there's a formula here because we, we, we come over these certain sort of vibes and we were, had uh, Hugo from the Maccabees on didn't we yeah. not that long ago and him and his brother his brother's got Yalla Records he, yeah. in the studio and it feels as if we're waiting for this next sort of culture to happen and it's it's not quite there yet, but there's these people starting to form that, and there's groups of bands all clubbing together and making good music. And we just kind of hope that that does happen, like this new sound and that just that new energy that
4: yeah.
3: has seemed to fade away a little bit, hasn't it? And it's gone into other genres. You know, there's more dance music, there's more mainstream pop music things get homogenised a little bit so it sounds a little bit samey and that's, that's not good so we, we end up having these conversations all the time like mm. come on when's it going to happen when's is it it po- gonna-
4: do you think maybe is it impossible for it to happen oh, and so then, possibly and then you know because I, I was speaking to some guy he said that they do like these little raves in, in places in Manchester yeah. and nobody knows about them they go in these basements and they kind of do the little thing there they shut the doors and they've got a PA and they've got some cans of beer and it's yeah. a, a quid a pop and what have you and, and it's a rave that's what it is. Yeah. And, the, and he said, But you know, we don't want to go into the fields where there's twenty thousand people and yeah. old bill are gonna turn yeah, up yeah. and everyone's gonna get arrested. Yeah. So we just yeah. wanna keep it like this. Yeah. And because we you know, we we're, we're listening to the music that we really want to listen to. Yeah. So we're making our own little gigs and our yeah. own little things because it's not there for us. But there has to be a political agenda with it to actually kind of, yep. to kick kick back yeah. against something. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, not unfortunately, but I've, I've got a feeling as though, in terms of that shock value, I just don't think it can come from pop music anymore. Yeah. No. I mean, remember Morrissey saying a few years ago, uh, you know, ultimately, it's dying. It's yeah. dying pop music and, you know, it's in its death throes, you know, no. now. And I was, I was listening to this interview and I was like, nah, and then I thought, yeah, you know what? Yeah. I think he might be right. Yeah. And I don't mean I mean, obviously he's talking about popular music he's not talking about pop music. He's yeah, talking yeah, about yeah, yeah. just popular music being for the masses and yeah. being something that we can kind of use yeah. that was good and vehicle. everyone can
3: get behind. Yeah, as opposed to as you say pop music where it's been commercially made. Yeah, it's, it's just together. fired yeah, out yeah, of a
4: speaker yeah. because you know when you're in, underneath the, the car or at the you know in the Tesco in Tesco the way you see back and it's just blaring out through the speakers. And
2: and, it, and it's having that unique characters as well that that people can Buy into like Adamant, like Morrissey, like Robert Smith, like Susie, you know, and and and, and people like that. Where uh, Jarvis Cocker, like unique pop stars that aren't homogenized like Sears and Lady Gaga's, yeah. that you know, a thrust upon you as being quite crazy and out there, but it's not for real. I think no. you, you, you know you you need to. I think these people need to kind of be found and. And, and, and the following grow properly rather than it being YouTube are going to sponsor this new video and you're all <laughs> going to see it and then you're going to have to like yeah. it. Right. Yeah, because you know?
3: every time you go on YouTube it's going to crop up again and yeah. again and again. Yeah. I, d- I don't know, it's like people go out their way to, they want to get to Zed in, in the mu- Musical Hall of Fame, they want to be this finished product but they don't want to do the start bit and they don't want to just enjoy the music they're making and get into it and... So I think then it's always going to be a little bit more hollow and you're not going mm. to get that originality because you're aiming for something that already exists mm. instead of just doing something you enjoy in your garage with your mates and maybe it catches on, maybe it doesn't. It, it's like you're already planning for success when yeah. really what you
2: should be doing is having fun so and seeing what comes of it. So mm. can, can, you like right to talk about the Smiths? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So when you first got together... Mm. What was
4: the, was there an agenda? What, what was, you know, did you just play music because you wanted to make great records? That uh, was it, B. Mm. But then when we did our first interview with ID Magazine, and that was all four of us, and we were in the old uh, management offices in Portland Street, where Joe Moss, uh, God bless his soul, bless his soul, was uh, we, he, it, that was his building. And we were in there and we were being interviewed all for us. And the thing is, this is before, even before John Marr was called M-A-double-S, but it was M-A-H-E-R. So it was, and it was Stephen, you know. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, the girl interviewed us, wasn't like, I'm interviewing Morrissey here. Yeah, it was yeah. st- Stephen, you're the you're the singer, right? And she's writing it yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a lot of the... um a lot of the quotes were um, attributed to the wrong people in the finished thing. Yeah. yeah. Because obviously it's not like, well, Morrissey said that. Yeah. Like that bloke with the glasses must have said yeah. that. Yeah. And and uh, so the interview looked a bit ramshackle. Yeah. And then Morrissey said, "I want to do the next one on my own." And it was like, okay, fair enough. You know, you go ahead. Singer does that. And that's that's All cool. Right. And it was with um, Dave McCulloch in a now defunct publication called Sounds. Yep. Right. And. Uh, which was uh, a which was a big mag, wasn't it? Was it was a big mag. Well I mean there was a big three. Mm. Sounds melody maker and enemy. Yeah. Um, and I remember getting it and it was about three of I can't remember. It was a big feature anyway. And uh, I started reading it and I'm reading through there and I turned the page and read the next and I was like I was aghast. I was like, Whoa, how good is this guy? right so we know who's doing the interviews that's yeah. it, Mozart, <laughs> because it was like a manifesto yeah and it yeah. read it read like a manifesto like and a mission
2: statement for where you was going
4: absolutely and the thing is I think you know had uh, you put music
2: out by this point
4: um I don't think yeah we had because I think it was about December 83 I think when it came out um I think we had yeah yeah we had but I think it's um it's reading it it was like it was obvious that this isn't something that you just come up with. Right. He'd been Morrissey had Thinking been a singer in a band yeah, yeah. for the last ten years. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. from when he was I don't know twelve or thirteen. Yeah. He was. He was going to be a spokesperson for a generation, and the way that he articulated it was like how I wanted to say it. I and I think we all felt the same, and I think that's why he's such a great front person and yeah. why he's a great spokesperson. Because it's like like when he's. See Will Self and he gets yeah. asked the question and he answers it and you go, That's how I would have answered it yeah. yeah. if I could. Yeah, if yeah. you could articulate yourself yeah, back if I could do it, that. Yeah. Well. And that's the way that Morrissey yeah. does that. He's so brilliant. And the way that his arguments were, it kind of made everything that had happened before look pretty petty. Yeah. And everything that was gonna be happening from like that. 1983, when the Smiths formed, onwards musically, in what we were going to put forward and what we were going to say and how it was going to be premen- presented. Even the thing of like the, um, the videos, like we're not doing videos, you know, and he said about Duran Duran, he said a drunken goat could have d- done a Duran Duran video. All you've got to do is just hot location, band, boat. That's it. And it's right. He knows Mm. it, but nobody said that. Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, it doesn't make it a great video. It's just anybody could do that. Where's the beauty? Where's the originality? There isn't anything. And even down at the um, Live Aid, when we were talking about it, and it was like, we hadn't been asked. Um, And Morrissey was like, we'll say no if we get asked. It's like, you know, why should we? And I remember me and B, you know, my wife and I were still together all this time, and we were talking about it and saying, you know I'm, I'm like i'm with morrissey and, and tina was saying yeah but imagine how many children's lives that's going to save and i said yeah but Morrissey's argument is as soon as you deflect the real reason why that's happening yeah the, from the governments that could solve that like that why should we why should it be down to some woman in red car to get around in a pocket yeah. and spend 75p on a single nobody really wants to buy to save those children when if you actually kind of put all that power and anger and energy into the real reason why it's happening is because of the government and they can stop that straight away isn't that a better idea and we had a terrible head-to-head me and my missus about this because i was like i'm with mother on that yeah. Now, those are the kind of things that bands just don't do. Yeah. They don't say, hey, hold on a minute. Let's just kind of change it, shall we? Yeah. So that it's like, not kind of trying to help these... Okay, we can do... Let's say a portion of that should do that. Maybe we should just get in touch with every government and just hammer them and hammer them until they deal with those problems in those countries. And every time there's a famine in a country, I know that they do put a few quid here and a few quid there. No, let's get it so that it's like it doesn't... I mean, you know, let's provision there so that doesn't happen, and it's possible to do yeah. but we yeah. don't do it because there's no solidarity and that in pop music that to so- me modern-
3: solidarity is the word I'm sat here thinking of mm. for you like as a band like you had a clear clear vision then
4: of where you were going and what you wanted to Morrissey achieve Morrissey definitely it, yeah. did yeah I mean uh, going back to that, what you're saying there you know, I, I'm, I, you know I'm, I'm no kind of Tolstoy I'm not their kind I'm no Will Self I'm no Morrissey I'm not the intelligence here I love playing my drums yeah but you know I mean, I I know a good lyricist when I work with, and I know a good front person when I'm working with them. And I was lucky to work with some great ones. And Mozart's right up there at the top of the pile. Um, In terms of his, um, you know, sometimes he'll he'll nose people up and he'll get people, you know, uh, you know, get the people the wrong way. But the thing is, I mean, even down, I look at Meat is Murder. I became vegetarian the day we recorded that track. I was eating meat beforehand, and his arguments were rock solid. Yeah, I couldn't. I'm not that bullish. I was kind of thinking, you know, well, you know, but what, what about, um, and, um, and if, I can't argue. I can't argue because he said, you love animals, don't you? Mm -hmm. I said, yeah. And he said, well, why, why, have you seen what happens to them? And and when he's showing me these things and I'm like, I didn't know that's what they did. If you saw, if, if you see footage, if you've, if you've seen some of that footage of dogs being skinned alive and uh, Sk- right, yeah, right, okay, for the dog festivals, and yeah. it's just like, yeah, grim. I can't even watch. I mean, yeah. I know what's happening. I know what they're doing. I can't watch it, even though it's, you know, just to say, just yeah. to see it and go, yeah, that's cruel. We know it's cruel. I can't watch it. But what's the difference if it's a pig? or a yeah. cow or a sheep there isn't any different yeah. i'm not saying that they get skinned alive i'm talking about the way that they're treated and the way that they're kept and the cruelty that's there and it's endemic in farming worldwide yeah. and i was just like you know his argument now that's pop music we're talking about a pop record you know something so heavily drenched in kind of moral issue yeah, yeah. bands just don't do it yeah. because like you were saying first first off i think the shit's scared because you know, as soon as... If you start kind of sticking your head above the parapet a yeah. bit too much and start shouting a bit too loud, they're going to pull the rug from yeah, you. Yeah,
3: you won't be on the playlist, will you? You won't be on the like mainstream playlist. No. You'll just get sidelined. You yeah. need to be singing about going out on a Saturday night having a drink, letting yeah. your hair down, yeah. right? Or sing about money. Yeah. I find that really weird that that is what, you know, everyone's... That aspirational goal is have money and, yeah. and have a good night out. Don't get me wrong. They're two obvious things that everyone kind of needs in life to an extent, one extent or another. But that is just the storyline of every every pop pop song these
4: days, isn't yeah. it?
3: So, yeah, there isn't a political feel to most songs these well, days. Well, it, it's
4: because it? it's, it's suppressed mm. and it, because it's not meant to be mainstream. It's like, I mean, and I've heard Morrissey arguing in this case 30 years ago yeah. by saying, you know, we're not allowed to be on there. Why? Because we ruffle too many feathers. Yeah. We tell people how it should be, you know. We tell people how it's... Um, how we don't need that we don't need this we don't need those we don't need you we don't need the system we do it in our own way and we did it in our own way and people found it shocking and yeah. found it um, a little bit unnerving and uncomfortable with the fact that we could fill a stadium with 10 or 15,000 people by do it by having no promotion whatsoever yeah. and it was all the people that are involved in all those kind of ways of making those bands big would be made redundant because of you know, just do. If if turns out they're not needed. That, that's yeah. not
2: two thousand and seventeen. That's nineteen eighty three. Yeah. You know, it's not a viral campaign. This, you know, that's gone out via email. It's you know, it's word of mouth, isn't it? And it's people yeah. hearing your records and going, yeah. "I'm into this. I agree with this. He speaks for me. You know, these songs speak to me. And and, and, and that's you're all you need. Yeah,
4: that's all you need. And then get the print up the tickets, right, it's like a le- rave kind yeah. of thing, virtually, yeah. because it's people that are in the know, are yeah. in the know, and that's all you need, yeah. you know, how success- successful do you want to be, yeah. you know, do you want, if you're in it to sell millions of records, I think that's a misnomer now, I've noticed it with a lot of bands, they're in it because they want to. They want success, of course they do, you're not in a, in a band because you, you want to fail, but that level of success like the Robbie Williams and the kind of, the take that, I think people are being a bit more realistic now, mm. and understanding that, As long as you've... um, There's more of a kind of a a moral crusade... Not a moral crusade, but... I've met bands, uh, especially from America, where they're kind of quite punk in their outlook and thinking, right, we're just going to... As long as we've got enough money to be able to play the gigs, that's all right. Because they're playing gigs as well that aren't um, uh, licensed. Now, in the States, it's a lot harder over there. Obviously, Mm. it's over 21s. And they're saying... But they get a lot more money from the venue because it's over 21. And they're saying, well, why should we stop kids that are 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, coming to see us because we want more money. Mm. That's not right. So they're playing shows where there's no alcohol served. And it's a a great idea because they don't have to do that. In fact, they're they're, they're losing out by doing that. But they're not losing out because they're giving back. So it's not about trying to be number one. It's about actually being part of a system that's fair and reasonable and young kids come to see
1: Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary.
2: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds.
1: At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com.
2: I think it was, it was Pearl Jam. I think, in maybe 15 years ago, took C-Ticket. Was it not C-Ticket? Um, Ticketmaster to, to court. Like it was a huge court case and, and refused to, to go via them because they were ripping their fans off. Right. They thought the money that they were selling their tickets for yeah. was unjust. And said like you know we no we can do it ourselves and like and literally t- I mean Ticketmaster thinks the biggest in the world I think yeah, that's yeah, the daddy yeah. and they were like no nah. you know people can't afford to come to our shows so I'm about and like, were like nah. we like no we don't want no party yet. and uh, there was a massive cold battle and then they just done it all themselves after that which is fucking incredible it's still you know? a massive problem but now, the all ages right? shows as well that that really cracked through over here about ten years ago and it was a lot to do with the kind of the the, the, the kind of the uh, it was, libertines was, was a big thing for that like, I think the libertines were like all ages shows and right. things like that and it become quite a thing and what they do is two shows as well in, in like in some of the small like Camden like mat- that. Old style matinee. all style matinees style literally yeah. do a matinee yeah. and do an all ages one in the afternoon and then in the evening like an 18 plus which is which is great because you know if you're 15 and you want to go and see a band like well no you can't yeah like, and it's like, well,
4: well I think you know I think Maybe I'm being, uh, you know, not sceptical, but I think, you know, I can imagine some bands thinking, "Let's go for the kid pound." Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe again, maybe I'm being a bit sceptical, and just thinking, oh maybe, obviously, yeah. bands that aren't just thinking it, like you're saying, like yeah. the Libertines, and mm. like the bands that I'm saying, there's a band called Health actually from uh, No Age, another band as well from uh, from the States that did that. Um, but because they played if a if a small cafe, vegetarian cafe or vegan cafe or whatever, was shutting down because they didn't have money, then they go and play a gig there, yeah. and it's free all the money rather than paying for the gig it just goes into the coffers for them to kind of carry on that kind of thing it's a bit kind of underground Yeah. but it's they're getting to play the music because they're enjoying playing the music people are getting to see them of all ages because they want to go and see them they're making sure that this place stays open and just kind of in a more of a kind of communal thing really and making sure that everybody's looked after rather than Doing it just for the dollar. Yeah, it's and human, isn't it? It's more human. It's, like, it's perfect. It is. but oh, well, for that moral, you know, to feel good in a moral way, you know, and just even if, even if it's something small, you know, that's not, you know, not going to change the world or anything, yeah. but you feel a little bit better. And I remember when, even when the Smiths were playing, and again, it was a small thing. I'm not talking about morals here, but, you know, we, we never play with a barrier. Yeah. get rid of the barrier right, right. what's the barrier for you know it's not there to protect people I mean obviously if the stage is two feet high we don't play there yeah. you know that's just dangerous yeah. yeah. but if the height of the stage is of a decent height you know where people can rest on it or people can you know still see above it then we have no barrier and we stipulated that because what else, you want you want to feel people you want people at the front and we never played with a barrier and it's something that you know it's there they say it's to stop you know it's people like you know get on the stage did
3: you get many then? them did you get many oh of that stage invasions yeah we did I we, mean I've
4: never seen
2: yeah. I mean unfortunately <coughs> I, I, I never got to see the Smiths but I've seen Morrissey a lot and the early Morrissey gigs I have never seen stage invasions in all the years I've been in bands and put bands on I've never seen anything like what I saw at Morrissey gigs like, the, the whole thing was to get on stage and, and, and touch Morrissey. Yeah. That it, was the
4: thing. Yeah, I mean, it got to be then a bit fashionable, because I remember yeah. when we first started, there obviously there was none, and yeah. then as we kind of went on, it's it sometimes there would be, but the thing is, it was a good, humoured thing. Yeah. Everyone was diving on the yeah. stage. It was not during the gig. It was at the end of the set, you know, yeah. the encore, or whatever, and I'm going to get up and have a bit of a jam and yeah. a bit of a play and have a laugh. And you can tell, just looking at people's faces yeah. when you're playing just that kind of gay abandon yeah. Yeah. and they just felt as though it was like wow look at this yeah. Whoa, it's, how, how great is this yeah. and it's a great time and we used to do that and it became quite fashionable I remember when when the Smith well the, when Morrissey solo played his first solo gig um, in Wolverhampton
2: and but that's was, that's the video isn't it Homerist could yes. be homeless, wasn't it yes humorist like, yeah humorous, and it is, it's it's madness it was too much and, and that that's the one where it's just yeah. stage invasion after stage yeah, invasion isn't it it was
4: and well i mean there's leads being pulled out everywhere yeah. you know craig's guitar was being pulled out yeah. and Andy. and there's at one point there's just me and Mozart and it's just you know drums and vocals yeah. but there's no music <laughs> but there's not amplified music because everything yeah. p- plugs have been pulled out yeah. i was a bit annoyed about that I, I yeah. just wanted, I thought, you know, I don't mind people jumping up and saying hello and, you know, it, but it just got a bit much. And yeah. I, I mean, I'm not... People putting, just getting carried away, basically. Well, yeah. Well, of course, they knew that they weren't getting thrown out. No. They were getting taken around the side and pushed back in again. Yeah. And then they just muscled to the front and do the same thing again. Yeah. I saw the same person about 10 times. Yeah. But but the thing is when... Stu. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I recognise you from, mate. But, oh, I recognise that striped T-shirt. You, <laughs> when you see people... You know, th- th- getting uh, I could I could understand it from a Beatles perspective. I'm not saying it was anything like that. You know, I'm not mm. saying it was <laughs> that mad. But I could imagine that if you can't hear yourself play, yeah, it doesn't matter what you're playing. Yeah, you can sing anything. Yeah, you can just play anything. <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah. People just come to see you, and people. Yeah. Had, it got to that point where it was like I felt as if people had just come to see Morrissey. Yeah. yeah, and get on stage and touch him yeah and you know i mean it's that you know we were trying to play behind him yeah trying to make it sound pretty good yeah but it just felt as though that was compromised because of people just jumping on and going mad i'll I'll, when we get back to the hotel later i'll
2: I'll show you a couple of videos and like i think it's the the sister i'm a poet he's he's, when you see the video on that that um humorous like it's ridiculous (laughs) like uh, (laughs) Literally, he can't really sing, can he? The no, people are just literally no. frying
4: themselves one after the other. And, yeah. like. and we didn't, we didn't have a big security crew. either. Yeah. I mean, because we always wanted our own security just for the fact that sometimes they can be a bit too handy, you know. When yeah. people are jumping yeah. on the stage, and we've seen it. In fact, yeah. I, was, I heard one of them where we were in. Um, it was in the States. I think it might have been '86, and I don't know what venue it was, but we were playing, and we. Were, I think it was. I know it's over, and I remember seeing it. That there was people being assaulted you know yeah. I mean young lads and young girls being like you know absolutely battered um sometimes you don't want to think about what goes on backstage Back sometimes part, in some yeah. of these rooms when yeah, people yeah. are dragged out yeah. especially if they if they turn around yeah. and have a go at the crew or whatever yeah. I don't even want to think about yeah. it really um but this was and Morrissey actually had a go at these guys and, and I think it was not in Boston anyway and then um, Morrissey says something like I, I think he says something like there's there's, there's 10,000 of you. There's only 20 of them, meaning security guards. And it kicked off, and <laughs> it, it was absolutely. Wow. But, but at the end, when everyone went, and we found that the gates had been closed, they locked up all the gates, the security guards, so we couldn't get out. And it was, I think, they were going to come and say hello to us in that in that way that yeah. these people Bloody do. Yeah. anyway, luckily we had a, a security guard called Jim, uh, who was he put the fear of God into him, I think. Yeah. And just saying, you know, okay, if it's going to kick off, yeah, okay, but you're going to have to go through me yeah. first. And I think they kind of thought, hold on a minute, this guy, is, he's going to take all of us off. Yeah. On. What's he know? How handy is he? Well, yeah, what's yeah. he prepared to do? It, was like, put, not... it wasn't the size of the fight in the dog. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the size of the dog in the or whatever, the other way around. So he was, yeah, it was like, oh, hold on a minute. He just, because he's only a small guy. Yeah, 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 But he was, yeah, terrifying. Yeah. And they were like, anywhere they opened the gates and they let us out. But, you know, that kind of... That way of dealing with it there like that, it's like you know, yeah, you can get a bit ridiculous. But the stage invasions were great. You know, they were good fun and they were yeah. all good, good humoured and people were jumping on and having a laugh. And yeah, that. it was you know a bit of fun, but nothing too, too scary. Okay, should we should we do an album?
3: let's do an album let's yeah. do an album yeah right. Right, right, right. what do you want to
4: kick it off with Mike? okay well I mean obviously we talked about Adam and, Adam the, Ants. and the Ants I think um, I mean uh, Juju's definitely in there from the Banshees I think it right. was again it was another album that I, I I'd, uh, when I heard it I uh, I'd not heard anything like that before again you know I mean part of the Bromley contingent when she was being a punk you know and, and it was with her and Sid and all those kind of things just kind of messing about really and just trying to be uh uh, as, uh, just doing her own thing it sounded very punky and, and, and it was uh, uh, but when Gigi came along you know I don't even know whether it's the first album that she did with John McGeoch or the only album I'm not sure but I know that it's definitely on the album anyway and it was Budgie on drums what a combination yeah. um, again it's that, that sound that I'd never heard guitars played like that before I'd never heard because i just heard guitars go da-na, 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 sounded like a guitar yeah the guitars on that album, I'd I, I I thought they were keyboards. I wasn't too sure that there was a keyboard yeah. element in it that had been kind of manipulated yeah. into the sound. And only two years ago I was in Berlin and I bumped into Budgie, the the drummer from uh, from the from the as well, obviously kind of loads of other bands. And um and he said, Yeah, it was it was McGeok. It was just he just played How guitar, he's it. Yeah. Like yeah. just like i would never seen any, yeah. like a like a harp. He yeah. just kind of manipulated the sound, mm. and it was incredibly uh, uh, unique mm. a sound. And uh, and 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 Susie on that album as well. She sounds fantastic. But I suppose when I'm looking at these things, like like with the the ants, Adam and the ants, and Do It Withers, White Socks, and this, I'm always looking for something that isn't, uh, but. You Know kind of standards, yeah, yeah, you know, like a band that's good at what they do, you yeah. know, like uh, you know, because I always think about I always say UB 40 because I think you know, UB 40, they sound like UB 40, don't they? Yeah, and they'll always sound like UB 40. They're not going to come out with like uh, every day I die, yeah. <laughs> are they? They're not going <laughs> to no, come out with something right. like that, they're not going to kind of or like uh, you know, Velvet Underground or like a number nine, yeah, number yeah. they're never going to come out with something that's like. What's that? Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. You tw- they're, off, they're, they're off the test. Yeah. They've got to be. They're always going to be... Yeah, yeah. That's what they're going to do because they're yeah. great at it. Man. Yeah. And they're massively influenced by a lot of ska and a lot yeah. of it. Because that's what they do. I mean, it's a bit like I got to see, you know, Aswad or Steel Pulse <laughs> and they're coming out with that. Like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <But> <laughs> they? no. They're going to be kind of chill of yeah. Cliff, and we're going to have a bit of a cheer yeah. and kind of go for it. Same with the speed metal band, yeah. you know. You know, that that's what they're gonna do. They're yeah. not gonna come on and be Sunday yeah. Morning yeah. <laughs> <laughs> be like me at the goth. <laughs> that's all <I> was <laughs> they're gonna start getting on. And when I listened to that, I was like, What's that? Yeah. What's that? what's he doing there? Did what, you did...
2: did you say that UB forty documentary that was on about a year ago? No, no, no.
4: Man, that's
2: crazy. Why, why, why? Why? Just They're they're brothers. Right, yeah. And they're yeah. at each other's throats. they they oh, right. And
4: they've both <laughs> what got... Why, surprising? surprising, No, Never but... heard two brothers in a band going for each other. <laughs> no, no, no.
2: but hey, revelation.
4: But they've <laughs> both got bands called UB40. <laughs> oh, right. oh, right. I see. Now you mean. <laughs> and like, yeah. Oh, right, cool. I thought you meant just like over the no, years. Right? No, no. <laughs> like, I mean,
2: oh, right. I, I, I think the, the first UB40 album's was great. Right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You
4: yeah. know, and
2: uh, anyway, I lost the interest. So as they're at Lagerheads, are they? Well, they don't talk. I think there have been lots of legal wranglings and whatnot, and but they're both touring like Ali As Campbell, UB40 got Ali Campbell's UB40 oh, right. and I can't feel what the brother's name is <laughs>
4: Mr. Campbell
2: Someone Campbell <laughs> but then they've found their younger brother that wasn't in the original UB40 who sounds like Ali that doesn't talk to Ali that has now joined the other Campbell brother and he's singing in their UB40 so they're
4: both nah,
3: touring Bananas It's fucking crazy Do you reckon there's people who go out there to check both of those
4: gigs (laughs) yeah probably Spies maybe for me well I've seen I saw the undertone well I thought I was seeing the undertones yeah a few years ago and I went there and it wasn't Fergal Sharky no it was a geezer I mean I thought all he had to do was put his hand on his throat yeah Yeah. (laughs) he's just trying to sound like Fergal Sharky yeah now, if it's, you know, when you go and see like a band, like a, a tribute band, fair yeah. dues, right? Okay, dress like the band, sound yeah. like the band, more the better, really. Right? Yeah, yeah. That's, what yeah. that's what you're going for, right? But when I'm going to see the undertones, I'm going to see, I thought it was going to be Fergal. yeah, yeah, in it, man. You know, unless it says, you know, they call something else. Yeah. Well, obviously, the guy, I don't even know, I think it might be the guy that, um, that, that Petrol Emotion. That's that, it. Because he was the yeah, guy, was yeah, He was the guitarist. Yeah. So he must have the, because he, he was in the undertones, wasn't he? And then we yeah. split. He, so he must, because he was still in it. So he must have the, the name. Yeah. Obviously the undertones and obviously Fergus Sharkey can't stop it or can't be asked or yeah. whatever. Mm. I was not bothered. Yeah. And, you know, he's probably said all oh, my blessings. Oh, yeah, can can you go, yeah. go ahead? Because obviously it was like the jam, you know, I mean, the, the you know, with the two lads that went out without Paul and um, Buckler and, and um, Rick, Bruce. Uh, whatever he's called, uh, Foxton. Foxton. Yeah, they couldn't go out and do that and call themselves the Jam. Yeah. I mean, what would it matter, really? You know. But obviously, it does to c- certain people yeah. and stuff. So they were they weren't having it. But that thing about the. But uh, he's
2: joined a tribute now, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, well, does Rick, he play not the Jam? That's it. That's
4: it. Oh, the, not the other Jam. Yeah, not the Jam. Something like that, isn't it? And and is yeah. it, it's not, Is it Foxton that's in it? It was bro- well. It was both of them. It was Rick Buckler and Foxton. But Rick Buckler left, and uh, I got a call actually. Asking me if I fancied it, I was like, "No, not really." Uh, I think just because, well, yeah. I mean, if it, if, hey, if it was Weller, <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Foxton, and they asked me, just look out, yeah, yeah, know, of course, yeah. I mean, it's. I think sometimes it's something like that. It's. I don't like going back like that. Yeah. I don't like going back to a time where it was. Yeah. I don't mind. I wouldn't mind kind of taking something that's been and changing it and yeah. making it and screwing it up a bit and changing its mm. its face a bit and mm. and kind of dressing it up in some different clothes and bringing it out. Well, it's interesting
2: you say that because we, we was talking. I can't kind of think who it was. What guest did we have? Where um, Mark Morris from the Blue Tones, right? Yeah, and um, and they were playing. Uh, a thing called Star Shaped Festival right. which is lots of the kind of Britpop era bands I think Sleeper and like oh, and, and Blue Tones yeah. are playing
4: yeah.
2: and I sort of said like great nostalgia fest and he went I don't like that word and I went like oh okay and, I said, and, he, and he sort of explained that it, he can do it now because the Blue Tones are no longer a band as such and they're not in regards to a creative force they're not writing yeah. so he said I can go back comfortably and play them songs and put myself in that that role and then we got chatting about have you like and and it was? Um, who else was it we, we mentioned about going to see um, the Stone Roses? Um,
4: did, did, did you go and see the roses? I did. Roses? Yeah. Yeah. I saw them like, at the uh, at the Ettyard, and uh, it was at, at a heat fire and park, set, Heaton Park like. as well. That was the first set of gigs, yeah.
2: And and because I have no issue with that for me, I've when the Pixies come over, I watched them play Doolittle. When yeah. James Addiction come over, I watched... And, and, I, and I go back and I watch that album because it reminds me of a point in my life yeah. where, you know, I loved that, that music and it said something to me. And Yeah,
3: you want to hear it again? And I,
2: yeah, and I, and I just want to go and see... Sometimes it might not be quite how I remembered it, but, you know, and, and, and The Roses, to me, um, I could think of no... Be- and I mean this in the nicest possible way. I could think of no better karaoke experience to ever go to because you're seeing something that's so it's made such a dent on you Personal to and you. you're sitting there yeah. with loads of other people that it means exactly the same thing to and you're singing every possible word at the top of your lungs Yeah,
4: I think it's great
2: like you know I don't think nostalgia is a bad thing mm. at all but you, well, you
4: know the problem that I've got with it is I, I mean li- audio you know listen, the, the actual sound yeah cool yeah. You know, I think the problem is it's for me I, I, I've. It's. It's. Everything's different. Everything is different. And I know it is. And, yeah. and you know, trying to go back and recreate it, yeah. that's the thing that kind of makes me. Because uh, it's get, been, it's gone. Yeah, Let's I just feel uncomfortable else. with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't get angry. I'm not yeah, yeah. like, yeah, you know, fucking, shut it. What are you doing, yeah. you dickheads? <laughs> yeah. it's, I'm just yeah. kind of. I don't. I, it, it feels. I mean, it was like even when I saw Buzzcocks and Devoto came on because they, they did like two sets. In fact, they did three sets. They did the, the uh, first set of songs was the lineup now. Second set of songs was like what's called the, tri- the classic lineup with Steve Garvey and John Marr. And yeah. then for the encore, uh, Devoto came out yeah. and they sang uh, Spiral Scratch. And it just it looked odd. Yeah. It just looked so odd because I remember Spiral Scratch being something completely different. Yeah. And I mean, even even I saw the psychedelic first last week. Oh, really? It, yeah. You just didn't jump on the way up here. But even that, it was like it just looks a bit odd. Yeah. It looks a bit odd. Um, and and there's so many. Uh, even see. What do you mean?
2: Like they look older and yeah, and they like, are
4: because it's not the same. Yeah. It's not the mm. same. But the roses still look
2: cool. Do you yeah, know what I mean?
4: Rose, see, the roses, I think, are the only band that I've seen that I can dig it. Yeah. It's because you know, I saw a magazine as well. I mean, obviously, there's not McGeeock. But the guitars did a sterling job. Yeah. But it just—it wasn't magazine. Yeah. It wasn't. This, those those kids.
2: Why do you go out of like curiosity? I mean, well,
4: um, hit. I, I like the tunes. Yeah. I mean, same with the Chameleons, you know. Yeah. Tina's a massive fan, and I've seen them a few times. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the the, the they've got a, it's, it's Chameleon Vox. You know because obviously, because of the legal issues yeah. and what have you and, and, and stuff, but it's just Mark that's on his jack, really, the original member. But it, in terms of the um, the, it, it's it, I, I don't like going back, I don't mm. like going back at all. Again, if it's something that's kind of a different thing, a different way to present it, sure, I think I could dig that, but yeah. if it's just lock, stock, and barrel, as yeah. it is this is what it is. Mm. Uh, I find it quite difficult to actually... I find it difficult to see. Yeah. And I know there's loads of people, because me and Tina, every time we've gone to some of these gigs where it is it is kind of them, yeah, yeah. we have this kind of discussion every time on the way yeah. home. And I'm like, I just, I'm just not it comfortable.
3: Because it's not, it? because it's not zeitgeist. It's not got the urgency it did when it got made and it was part of a thing then. And now it's not that now. You're kind of looking back so you mm. don't have that same energy because it's not, it's not exploding as it was. You're yeah. kind of reflecting back on it. I don't know, like with bands, I'm a bit like that. But then with um, when I've seen hip hop, like go, you know, I went to see Nas and he did Illmatic, which was his first record. I loved that. I really enjoyed him going back over that. But with 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 bands, yeah, I wouldn't be as I don't know what it is. Yeah. I don't know why I feel different about yeah. bands and hip hop. It's right. a straight, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because of the live element
4: of it. But, yeah. I, th- but I think no. it's also, you know, when you when you are 16 and you're seeing something and you kind of. You, you're genuinely shocked,
2: yeah. yeah but you yeah, know, what? Yeah. I'm
4: thinking, Oh, I like them, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. You know, oh, I'll go out and buy one of the records. It's yeah. it, you, you walk away and you're walking home just thinking, uh, Puzzled, like, Why do I feel like I'm, yeah. I'm in love? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah, why, yeah, do yeah. I feel, why have I got that same feeling? Like, Yeah, you know, I found something that's just turned my head completely. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't happen that often in your life, yeah, but when you're younger, when it happens. You're massively kind of influential by those things around you. Totally, because yeah. you haven't had those experiences yet, and as no. you get
3: older, it gets harder to have that. doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. When, when you're like between like 13 to 18, specifically, especially with music, there's loads of bands that yeah. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like you say, it does it does pique your interest, yeah. doesn't it? You like, I'm experiencing this for the first time, yeah. and lyrically and musically, it starts teaching you lessons about life, yeah. doesn't it? In ways, and you know, like you say, I mean, that's why it's drawn like your first two albums you've mentioned. They've had very different sounds to everything else, and it's kind of drawn you in that way. Well, it's drawn me in in
4: in,
2: in the way that I was. Um, well, you obviously shaped by them at that age, you know. Musically, was it did it yeah. have an impact on on you know? Was you, you was drumming. Uh, why did you start? Yeah, drumming? yeah. Well,
4: that, well, I mean, we'll go back. Well, I mean, there's, there's the reason why. I mean, I started playing the drums when I was sixteen, but I, uh, I started messing around on the kit when I was about fifteen, and then I, I bought a kit when I was sixteen. I was knitting needles at home, kind of yeah, 15, yeah, yeah. 16. Yeah, yeah. but um, it. It did, and, but it kind of shaped me in the way that, like you're saying there, when you're kind of thirteen to eighteen or nineteen or whatever, when you know, when you're in love, and it's like, you know, it's inexplicable. Yeah. You yeah. know, the leap in yeah. front of a flying bullet. Yeah. Yeah. Except yeah. yeah, machine gun. Yeah, I'm yeah, yeah. in front yeah. of them. Yeah. yeah. You know, and it's just completely. You know, your reasoning goes out the window. You know, it's, that's why, you know, I mean, with my three kids here, you know, when they're kind of in relationships, I back right off. (laughs) I back right off. Because I know they're going through a situation and they're going through a, a maelstrom of thoughts and a kind of vortex of mm. madness that you can't mm. go, eh, black is black, white yeah, is yeah, white. Advice yeah. yeah. isn't that useful, is, it, no, at that is it, age? it? And you know, who's to say I'm not the bloody oracle? Who's to say this? Like, <laughs> yeah. Let me just go and speak to Mike. What do you think, Mike? What yeah. do you need to do with this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who am I? I can't tell them what's yeah. right about. Yeah. I could give them the complete wrong you know idea yeah. of what to do. Yeah. So you're in a you're in a really kind of visit Fizz, you're fizzing, you're walking around, everything is like what's it? No, it's yeah. like when you're a baby, you know, yeah. what's that? Like? It goes in the mouth. Oh right, yeah, I can't yeah, eat yeah, that yeah. right, I'll put that down. It's you're not that much you're still. A Stu's baby. still learning those <laughs> things. <laughs> it's all right, I moved all the sharp objects <laughs> away from so you're kind of in that situation where your you, your mind is being blown constantly. Yeah. yeah. And then whether it's from your sister's record collection or your brothers or your dads or your mom's or whatever, you're thinking, what's that? And with those kind of experiences, I was kind of getting in that situation where I was thinking, wow, wow, what's this? I mean, one of the albums is in my top five as well is um, Debbie Harry, is Parallel Lines. Because I remember, I remember she was on, um, talking about that kind of thing, 13 to 18, she was on uh, Top of the Pops with Denis Denis, right? And I remember watching it and I'm like, huh? Huh, now, now, <laughs> yeah. now. And that wasn't me, that was my trousers spear, yeah. you know. And it was I could hear I was like, what Why am I feeling like this? And I remember watching it and thinking, whoa that's ridiculous. What the, yeah. what did I just see
0: there? Yeah, yeah, I'm in yeah. love,
4: right? Uh, I need to find a Debbie Harry, right? Yeah. Going out oh, tonight. Yeah. And I remember the next day in school, we came in <laughs> and I must have, been, yeah, must have been 50 and kind of went in, and everyone <laughs> was like, see some of the pops last night Yeah. Uh, 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 yeah. oh yeah. god yeah. oh what, what do we do I don't know <laughs> we find our own don't we we go out we get a Debbie Harry yeah come on <laughs> let's all come out and it was it was that kind of thing of, but I remember looking and, and thinking about the music and thinking wow this is pop music or is it punk I don't know it's punky is it Yeah. Wave? yeah. I'm not sure it's kind of punk it's a bit punky I like it anyway yeah. I like her uh, Debbie Harry yeah. and, and that was my, the first love of my life oh, and right. then when I got the album oh what a sleep. Oh, yeah. Well, I, and I was just, but every picture of it, in fact, there's a famous picture of her hugging John Maher. And I was like, I didn't know who I was more jealous of John Ma, John Ma the drummer from Buzzcocks. And I'm like, I, I, I want to hug him. But I want to hug him. I want to be the sandwich. Yeah, I was going to say, you wanted to be the meat in that sandwich. <laughs> and you know, it is that kind of thing of loving your music, but, you know, she was just unbelievable. And I think, you know, anybody that... I mean, even now, she's still at it. Yeah. She's still at it, but I think the, the shocking thing that I realised when... Because she's in her 70s If now. you have
2: to describe the word cool, Debbie Harry yeah, she's, is a good good reference point, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah. Debbie Harry, I when mean, Blondie, just unbelievable. She just looked so stunning, didn't she? Yeah. And like, we've just fucking... Killer songs. Killer An songs. Attitude that was just. So alluring, year, wasn't it? It's it was that's, like a di-
3: that's, a, that's
2: unique, isn't it? It's,
4: yeah, it is a di- it's
3: a diamond to have all those, all those elements, yeah. all in one package. Yeah, I but mean, it happens, obviously. Yeah. Well, it's
4: like it's like Bridget Bardot being in the Stones. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's yeah, just yeah. like, oh, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. That's, <laughs> you just don't do that. Man. Yeah, you can't do that. you yeah. can't be that good. Yeah. and that cool and that wonderful and that beautiful and that brilliant and that talent. You, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm starting to dislike her. Yeah. <laughs> She's too cl- too smart, too beautiful. I mean, yeah. she was, Overwhelming. So that Parallel so parallel Lines, and it was only about two years ago that I found out that um, Hanging on the Telephone isn't even the, their song. It's a cover, isn't it? It's The Nerves, mm. yeah. It was uh, written in 75, Yeah. Th- hey, really? Yeah. I thought it was one of their best, kind of, yeah. hit, like, biggest hit. It was one of the biggest hits. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely in the top five, just because uh, I fell in love with somebody and their music, which... I just didn't think that I could do because when I heard Denny, Denny and I was just like, oh man, that's it. You know, I love, I love that. I just thought it might have been a one-off. Yeah. I'm sure around that time I just thought, you know, I just fancy it. Yeah. Because there's
3: one thing of like when you see an attractive girl and, you know, especially at that age you're, you're dealing with all these newfound hormones basically. That's one thing. But when you see... An attractive girl who is beyond talented—it's a different level, isn't it? It's, yeah. it's, it does—it does blow your mind. Well, Debbie it, Harry it, was it, it something else. It goes beyond.
4: I mean, it goes beyond that kind. I mean, obviously she was untouchable mm. because you know she was Debbie Harry yeah. in in Blondie, and you know it was it was you know uh, never going to be. And I think even knowing that made it worse. Made it worse <sighs> that you know not only was she beautiful and clever and talented, great songwriter, and cool and iconic and looked great and never looked—you know—it was like. No, it's never going to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of compounded that kind of uh, yeah. uh yearning.
3: Yeah, because it's out of reach. it yeah. gives it that mist. It gives that that you're always going to yearn for that something that's not obtainable. It's always going to maintain it, and that's natural in human nature. As soon as it's within your reach, sometimes it loses a bit of not always, yeah. but it can lose its charm. Well, it Debbie really- Harry has that sort of mystical sort of thing about her I guess yeah
4: yeah well it kind of doubled the trouble because obviously if you're kind of looking at being Keith Richards or looking at being Johnny Marr or looking yeah. at being like in your know, when you're out bands it's like being in or being in the Pistols you know yeah wow that would be you know hey that's it or Buzzcocks you yeah, know for yeah, me because yeah. I mean I had a chance to work with them yeah. and I think you know the idea of actually doing that, that would kind of you, you can't get any better than that really yeah. but you know I mean be, <laughs> being Chris Stein right yeah. that's what I'm getting down that's to that's a right. good gig <laughs> isn't it <laughs> <laughs> Have it, you know, being in Blondie and your girlfriend's Debbie Harry. Yeah, right. Thank L- you. Like life completed. Thank you and good night. Yeah. yeah, you know. I mean, obviously, I don't mean now, gents. Man, yeah. I'm in my nirvana now, <laughs> eighteen. <laughs> but when I was sixteen, nah, yeah. nah, yeah, nah. Yeah, nah. No, nah, Chris Stein. Yeah. You know, yeah. Kill him. What are yeah. we gonna do? I'm gonna get rid of him? We'll yeah. just get rid of him. We'll fuck him. We'll just go, yeah. up, go up with America American. Kill him. That'll, it'll be gone. It's so, a fancy bit. Who, who's yours, Stu? would be your sort of...
2: Oh, I don't know. What, a, sex symbol? Unicorn. Yeah. I think kind of... I oh, thought you going to say Kylie Minogue. <laughs> no, no. I mean... I think Kylie Minogue. I don't know. I mean, a, a 13-year-old, 14-year-old me seeing Madonna first pop. Yeah. drop. Yeah. You yeah. know, before I'd kind of really found what I love about music. Mm. I mean, don't make no mistake, them early Madonna pop records mm. were cracking. Yeah, yeah they were. And, and seeing Madonna... Mm. Who was very sexualized, yep. confident, you know, uh, cool, yep. pop star, and so at thirteen, fourteen, you just think, "Wow!" Like yeah. you know, and and but I think Madonna was was, was definitely there. And, and fast forward a few years, I think Bjork for me, I just yeah, I was, she was gonna, beautiful. And, Bjork and, was and, yeah a bit later, but and, definitely, and was just made no sense. It was like you're beautiful when you make this amazing music that sounds like mm. nothing else, and yeah. like and you, you know. You,
3: Kate, Kate Bush, I didn't discover too much later. Yeah, um, I, I was for, for, I never got for Kate me, Bush. We've yeah, I mean, uh, been yeah, talking uh, about you know this it. beauty and, yeah, and yeah. talent. Yeah. Yeah.
4: I think the problem was for me, I was punk then. Yeah, I just thought anything that isn't yeah, punk yeah. is shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. just you know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, but yeah, that's yeah. the way it is. Yeah. 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 I'm right here, yeah. and you know, you lot are wrong. And anything you like there, you're wrong, and I'm right. And I couldn't. I closed my ears to everything. Beatles, Stones, yeah, some great yeah. music. I missed that. I mean, obviously, I caught up
3: you do that though don't you you go back I, I find myself listening to stuff in the car now it comes on the radio I'm like if I was fucking 16 and this came on I wouldn't have the windows down yeah. singing along to it <laughs> Yeah. Um, but mine would have been mine would have been probably like Gwen Stefani at like 15 but yeah. like when they released Tragic Kin I remember seeing videos of her she was she's insanely beautiful and she has this voice that sounds like she's singing with a mouth full of fruit it's beautiful oh, I and, thought I, was gonna and it. I was just <laughs> <laughs> Um and I, I, I was overwhelmed by her. I was like, bloody hell, she's so talented yeah. and she's rock she's rocking out and Yeah, yeah no, she was she well, listen, was I've wonderful. seen a great
4: picture of Gwen Gwen Stefani with the smith t-shirt on. Oh, oh when you yeah, see, wow. When you see, yeah, like, you yeah. know, uh, Kirsten Dunst's T shirt. Yeah, t-shirt. Not that I go scouring yeah. the internet. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Hot chicks wearing my bad T shirt.com.
2: <laughs> I mean, but, what you can't see is uh, in this room now is about 57 frame photos of
4: uh, pop stars wearing uh, Swift T shirts. It, yeah, it's, and, and, you know, uh, there's something quite kind of. You know, wow, wow, how cool is that? And I think, I mean, there's a very famous girl actually wearing a hat full of hollow T-shirt at the riots in, well, down in London. I think it was, I can't remember what they were rioting about. I think it might have been about the the education minister was down there or something. And she's got a hat full of hollow T-shirt on and she's on like these barriers. <laughs> And she looks like Joan of Arc. She's oh, that's a so really yeah.
2: iconic photo, isn't it? Yeah, From yeah. last year, yeah? Got, yeah, a couple of yeah. years ago,
4: and she's got dyed blonde hair. Yeah. And the coppers are there with the shields. Yeah. And the fence, you know, fences are down. And she's like, she's taking yeah. on, like... It, it looks, you know, it's really kind of... Yeah. Um, icon- it, it looks as though it's kind of... It's been of, set up. Yeah. But yeah. It, it just looks as though you could and is it, this is where the will this is where i need will self in my head it looks something like yeah. you know, it, it 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 could be a kind of a you know like a goliath david and goliath yeah, thing yeah, it yeah, just yeah, has yeah. A, a feel to it yeah. that is you know this is real people yeah. Yeah. fighting against yeah, the establishment, yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. and this yeah. is the this is the youth. Yeah, and it looks it looks fantastic, yeah. you know. I mean, not, I'm not I don't just uh, I don't just not just into the ones. Where, oh yeah, look, she's not got a bra on. <laughs> <laughs> look at that one. Oh, she's lovely in that. But yeah, I mean, you know, people. I think anybody, anybody that I see famous, even when they're citing like uh, liking the Smiths, apart from people obviously that I don't like, when people that I don't like, and you know, whether it's political or whatever, talking about how much they love the Smiths, and it's like, oh, God, really? No, I I don't believe you. Really, I think you're yeah. just saying yeah. that to yeah. be honest, because it was not it wasn't for you, yeah, so you know, it, it the music that we were doing was yeah. the people that got it and yeah. the people yeah. that were into it, and the people that appreciated it. Yeah. It's not, yeah. It wasn't really kind of yeah. people like yeah. you, horrible people like you. Yeah. But when you see kind of quite successful people like citing the Smiths or kind of t- talking about it, you know, like when Jeff Buckley covered the Smiths, it's like, whoa, yeah, you know, Jeff Buckley, wow, that's, that's amazing, back.
3: isn't it? When you get, but also because it's out there. Anyone can grab hold of it, isn't it? Yeah. So you're kind of like, no, I don't want you to. You can't like it because yeah. as you say we didn't write yeah. it for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Don't try. Of... Don't try and fly our flag. Yeah. But yeah. Unfortunately, you know, you get the the greats like Buckley doing it. It's amazing. It's a yeah, it is.
4: It's, it's something that you can't really. Uh, well, I mean, it's just to, to say it's satisfying. I remember, I remember when the Smiths played in uh, in at the pier in New York in '86, and there uh, there was this big hullabaloo about the Smiths at the time cause like I said we did it on our own back we didn't have a record out uh, we did but it, it didn't get in the top 100 you know it just because they didn't know what to do with us yeah right. they didn't know how to promote you know because we wouldn't do all the malls and the kind of mm. you know up at 7am doing all the radio it's like no, we don't want to do that really, really to be honest with you we just want to kind of play music and yeah. we want to do what we want to do and uh and if we're not successful so be it That's like what an anathema, you know. They can't understand that mentality. So we we were just kind of pushed to one side. Remember, Tears for Fears had um, songs from the Big Chair, Mm. and that was like number one, number one in in the Billboard charts in the states. Mm. That's a big album. Mm. No matter where you are, you know, no matter where you are in your career, you have a number one album in America. Yeah, (laughs) that's a lot of albums. A lot Mm. of people are buying your record, and we were selling out venues bigger than them. Yeah, and people couldn't understand that. But it was like, well, what? How, why you do? How yeah. can you do that when you're not playing the game? They didn't yeah. say that, but that was pretty much what they yeah. said. And when we played at this place, the pier, uh, Anita Pallenberg turned up with Mick Jagger, and you know, backstage, and it's like, you know, all right, how's it going? It's like, yeah, all right, Mick. Yeah, just a and a cup of tea or whatever. And it's like trying to kind of get my head around it's like Mick Jagger's in the dressing room right you know but it wasn't there was no palaver it wasn't like you know oh right hello you know Sir Mick or you know yeah, whatever yeah, I yeah. mean it was just a are like, uh, you know and like Anita Pala still looking very tasty looking yeah. very beautiful and he had a brew whatever and he went out and he was at the side of the stage and you know Johnny came over to me and he said to me, you know check that out over <laughs> there and he nodded behind him and I looked over and I could see Jagger doing a Jagger at the side of the stage. proper, you know, hell. like, you know, doing a, doing a Jagger <laughs> dance. And I'm like, what? Mick Jagger dancing to the Smith about 20 feet away. How yeah. cool is that? I love that. I love that. Johnny's laughing his head off. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> <look at> ha. <that. laughs> kind of walks over, you know, just kind of ignoring him because he's yeah. at the side of the stage. And you see people like that and you think, wow hey I think we've arrived yeah <laughs> somehow but the idea you know never mind the t-shirts thing when you see people of that caliber That's on insane. stage having a little bit of a bop because yeah. it's not been people don't talk about because it it, not many people know that yeah about that story that right. like Jagger was there yeah. you know? it's, it's not like it wasn't part it's not part of a you know th- you know in the books or anything I don't think it is anyway you know yeah. but, uh, maybe it is I've not read either Johnny's or Morrissey so yeah. I wouldn't know but would that
3: be would that be like one of your one of the most was that a surreal moment? Was that when you started thinking, Jesus Christ, we're, we're absolutely smashing Well, this that's what, Well,
4: before yeah. it, I think because of the fact that we were playing, like I said, very much bigger than yeah, Tears for fifth yeah, yeah. and they had a number one album, yeah. you know, we were doing something right and I remember on that tour, we I think we played in Boston, the Great Woods Theatre, that was 15,000 and then um, we 15, were told, 15,000? Well, we were told, well, this is a small little indie band, mm. you know, they yeah. just didn't do that, man. They just didn't, indie bands from the UK didn't play, yeah, no. uh, America to those kind of no, people, yeah. you played in clubs, 150, yeah, exactly. 5,400 yeah, yeah. people, you know, um, I mean even New Order, you know, were playing at like the Danceteria and, and, and you know, small little club, club, kind of cool little club venues, you didn't play the big places, the Elton John places and the Roll yeah. Stewart places, and we were doing it, and um, we were told the next time you go over at stadiums, and obviously there, was, there wasn't a next time, but in terms no. of, it was Bill Graham. Because Bill Graham, he was uh, one of the biggest promoters ever that's ever lived, um, <laughs> and he was putting on some of the gigs on the West Coast, and he was saying, you know, we're probably looking like, you know, baseball stadiums and stuff like that, maybe 30,000, <laughs> 50,000 next time. Because we were on a trajectory. Yeah. We weren't doing anything. It was like, mm, yeah, I'm not sure about that album. It was, Johnny was absolutely riffing them out, you know, it was, I yeah. um, I was speaking to somebody the other day because they said, you yeah, know, can you tell me, he said, what was it? Was how soon is now an extra track as a twelve inch? And I said it was. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, w- w- uh, the B side. It wasn't even. Didn't even make the Mad. B side of William. It was really nothing. So
2: uh, you. You know, there is some serious creative forces when you are thinking. Oh, I don't really know what to do with that one. <laughs> yeah, know, <and> <laughs> when other soon. people will
3: be banking on that. You know, <laughs> oh no, we've got this one but
2: tune, we, man. Yeah, that's actually one, one shot. ago, we, we was talking about um, Oasis when. Um, the, the, I think it it's uh, the second album when B sides like um, uh, "Half a World Away," "Masterplan," "Acquiesce." If you're giving them songs up as B sides, B-side, yeah. you know that's you, you, you know that you're, you're on out fire with what you're writing yeah. yeah. capabilities you, are. You've hit you know
4: a green I mean? patch, haven't you? Basically, like, yeah. yeah. Well, Jeff Travis from Rough Trade, you know, he told John he stopped writing hit records, which. It's such a strange thing. I know what he means, mm-hmm. and he's right. Yeah. You know, because obviously most bands, you know, when they've got an album out, they're like, you know, if you've got three singles on there, result boom. Yeah. Thank yeah. you very much. Because most of them'll have one. Yeah. yeah. If you have one single, that's cool. If you have yeah. three, fair doos. You know, it's like we're minted. Yeah. We're, we're gonna. We, we could. We can get. We can get, get a lot of kind of uh, press and promotion and stuff because we'll release that six months later or three months later another yeah, one. Another so one yeah, get, yeah, we can stretch yeah. that out that album because it'll have. They'll all be on there. Um, and again I'm talking in all money really now because obviously people just buy a download when they want to download mm-hmm. rather than having to buy the album so um, in terms of that you can understand why he was saying "Look, you know, how soon is now well you know that can't be an extra track as a bonus track for on, a, on a 12-inch single mm-hmm. you just can't do that that can't be done so you know uh, we want some fillers you know, can you write some <laughs> some tracks that you're putting on the album to fill out the album, really, rather than all being singles? Because we didn't release, you know, we didn't take singles from an, from albums. Which ju- Johnny just put his guitar on and wrote a single mm. to go, you know, to to be released before the album, rather than right. Well, we'll call that from, you know, th- that track and that track and that track. Yeah. We just didn't do it because of his prolific writing. He's he's mad. He's well documented on these podcasts. That I'm
2: I'm an insatiable fan, right? You know, and like, grew up. Like, and it, you know, it's, it's a you know, and it's this was great that I got to, to, to work with you in the clubs. Good, and, and good, I, good reason to and, get up today, wouldn't and, and, and it? Yeah, and come, mm. and come and sit here and talk about this. But as much as all the Smiths music that I adore, I to this day still think that that How Soon Is Now is the one record that I can, I would say, like, falls gold yeah. that sounds different to everything else you've done yeah. and just sounds yeah, yeah. like it's from out of time somewhere, yeah. It, yeah.
4: it's just there's a lot of work gone on that. I mean, yeah. guitar-wise, I think there's 13 guitars on it. Really? Yeah. Bloody well, hell. when we were doing it, <clears throat> the idea of keeping it in time because what you do normally now is a uh, you, you know use a click track or you'd use a loop. You know, because Phil got it's a loop. You know, it's you know you know you know the drums just. So don't...
2: so where's where's that sound come from? Because I've had so many stories that he it was just a. a he a- kicked an old Vox amp to get that. No, it
4: was, it was a Fender Twin, uh, and there's a, a vibrato built into it. So when you hit the um, hit, hit the string, right. But the thing is, when you play the way that he played it, he played it from what I can remember, and I have just thought of this now. I think it's a bit like. See, Geordie from killing joke, you know that style yep, of yep, play. Yep yep, 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 With it with that white falcon that he yep. plays, is it white falcon? It's a kind of forward and back, forward and back. It's a kind of like figure of eight kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. And I remember Johnny playing that a bit like that. And the thing is to keep it in time because the timing of it, if he played it slightly too quick so if he's playing the riff if he if he plays when he's playing it like that if he plays it slightly too quick or slightly too slow it'll go slightly out of time and I remember John Porter when we recorded it and we put it down I remember him in the studio actually changing it the ta- the speed of it, tempo, manually, yeah, yeah. or tiny little increments yeah. to try and keep it in time. <laughs> yeah. And again, you know, now, you know, you go in there and it'd just be, f- you know, yeah. thanks. Okay, right. What's the next bit? And uh, Johnny and John were on fire for that session because when I mean, I remember them even sort of like talking about getting the guitar and taping up five strings and just having one string and then hitting it with a nail. So it was like, <handhabt> and then you great production techniques. John Port was a great producer, you know. And between the two of them, they came up with just... Because I think, you know, when when two people are right to work together like that, it was like there was... um, I mean, obviously the chemistry was right. We knew that anyway. But sometimes when they're firing off each other, um, I think it's it's because of uh, Johnny's... Uh, expertise, and because of John Porter's expertise, when the two of them came together for that track, it just created something yeah. that was just uh, outrageously wonderful. Yeah, because what? Because Johnny, because John Porter wasn't playing, you know, he was kind of working on a sound, a sonic sound, because he was seeing it from a different perspective. He's seeing it from a producer's perspective, but also from a musician's perspective, because he plays the bass. Yeah. So, and Johnny's kind of playing it from because he's a guitarist. And he's kind of hearing where John's going with these, e- these ideas. So when they're mixing all these sounds together and creating this kind of wall of sound, I suppose it's a bit like you know the Phil Spector thing. you know, when yeah, people, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're get, getting two drummers and kind mm. of everybody playing together and having that sound that just had never been heard before. Yeah. No. You're kind of working with people that have got such vision and such I- great ideas and great philosophies. About what goes into making a great record that they did it you know b- between the two of them, I mean obviously with myself and Andy and Mozza kind of contributing as well, mm. it all kind of added to that kind yeah. of that that because the thing is every time that we'd play together, whether it be me and Andy or me Andy and Johnny or Johnny and Andy or me and Johnny, any time that we'd actually play together, we always played what was right for each other. Mm. It's just one of those things that yeah, happens it yeah. doesn't happen that often, not when you've got that uh communication without saying anything yeah it becomes it's just it's just what you do yeah you know and when we we're saying earlier about yeah, yeah, that, yeah. the idea of c- communication you know whether it's having some, that relationship having that relationship yeah. that just blossom every time you work together it's not like work it's just like talking mm. like enjoying somebody's company yeah but with an instrument yeah <laughs> and that's what we kind of came up with we, we, we were You know, and the Beatles did, you know, I mean, it worked. Ringo, not a great drummer, no, he's not, but he's a brilliant... As far as I'm concerned, it couldn't have been anybody else. Yeah. And the same with Charlie Watts, you know, I mean, a great drummer, but people don't talk about Charlie Watts and say, oh, man, that drum riff there is magical. They just don't do it because... It's just so right for the Stones. Yeah. it sits where it sits. It's just Yeah, that's, yeah. it couldn't be anything else. It couldn't yeah. be anything else than Charlie Watts playing that. Yeah. There's no right and wrong drum beat yeah. for the Stones. It's Charlie. Yeah. Playing the drums for the wouldn't for work the with Keith Moon, would it? Not like, no work with anybody. Yeah. You know, and and you can say that about certain bands. Yeah. You know, and and when we played together, we created tracks like that. How soon is now? And I suppose after kind of talking about why to certain albums that have kind of made me go, whoa, yes. The Smiths did exactly the same thing, because when Hand in Glove, when we first recorded that, people would say to me, well, it's my, my brother down in London, he said, You're working with a new band, and he, he'd been living in London a few years, and I said, I said, yeah, he said, what's it sound like? And I was like, uh, 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 bass, drums, guitar and vocals, and he said, yeah, yeah all right, what, what does it sound like though? And I couldn't explain it to him, he said, come on, there must be some reference point. Yeah. Is it punky? Is it rocky? What is it? Poppy? What is it? You got you got sh- You're yeah, all of that. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And I was like, yes, 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 yes. And I said, look, you have to wear it. Tonight. And then when we recorded Hand in Glove, it was the first time that we'd been able to record a song that sounded, that was layered, obviously, and the first time that we'd been able to hear what we sounded like as well. And it was magical to hear that. And it was like, that's what we sound like. Well, I'd, I'd never heard of a band that yeah. sound like the Smiths no. before no we was having I was having this conversation with you on, on the way up here, here. and it's, mean, it's
3: weird because it also mir- mirrors a lot of why you, what so far you've picked for your albums is that unique sonic sound and that's what ends up staying with you and ends up being what you end up loving isn't it it's memorable records what's going to make your top five of those records that you're like well, what is that What well, I've not heard it before oh, yeah. and I've not heard it before but it's also good it's not like I've heard it not heard it before it's a fucking awful racket this yes. is yeah. magical yeah and um, that that Song in particular, it just it just casts it just gives me it, it, an imagination of what's...
2: everyone it. does it. It's, it's, it's a it's a lazy thing to do, but you know, someone says, "Oh yeah, you had to spend." Oh, what would they sound like? You you do it. You can't help it. You know mm. what do they sound like? Oh, they sound a bit like that, a bit like that. And I'm yeah. sure nowadays people go, "Yeah, they sound a bit like Smiths." Yeah. yeah, yeah, But yeah, for me, growing up, the Smiths, no one sounded like the Smiths. Mm. You no. know, but it was, and the Cure, the Cure sounded like the Cure. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, and and you know, for, for me, them yeah. sort of bands. They didn't sound like anything else, mm. and that's that's why they're. And
3: also, the music still stands up. Yeah, do you know what I mean? It still worse, sounds right? new.
4: You know, sure. I've just I've just started doing a new radio show, and it, the first show was broadcast today. And somebody asked me, I when I told people on social media, I was I was I got the new show mm. today. And I said, anything that oh, you want to hear, throw yeah. in a few, and then we'll just wait, wait, you know. wait, what's the show? Make, it's, it's on Excess Manchester. Okay, uh, it's just. Mike Joyce on his radio show for So two is it online? Hours. Can people
2: go and get it online?
4: Yeah, they can get it online. Yeah, yeah. If you just go put in Xs Manchester, and uh, you can get it FM, obviously, obviously if you're in the north. Uh, but it's it's every Sunday, 11 till one. I stood in for somebody uh, a few weeks ago, and um, they obviously I, it was just as a standing because I like doing a bit of radio. Yeah. I, I did it, and then they said uh, we like we like what we hear. Do you fancy doing you know a one-off show on a Sunday, a specialist show? And I was like, yeah. I'll... I do like doing that. Yeah. I do yeah. like doing a bit of that myself. And uh, But I played some Buzzcocks and somebody said to me, can you play any Buzzcocks but not ever fall in love? Because it's just those kind of obvious records yeah. that, are, you know, I mean, it sounds great and I love it, but uh, I played 16 again. And But when I was looking through about what song to play, that's not so obvious. There's so many Buzzcocks tunes. Yeah. yeah. C- c- uh, it just it just goes on forever, and and, and you know, it's, but it stands the test of time. What you're saying there, Chris, you can play, you can do that with the Smiths, you can do it with the Pistols, you can do it with the Buscocks, you can do it with Blondie, you can do it with the Susie, as far as I'm concerned. You can do it with a lot of these bands. It's like the doors, you know, it's like when people, I <sighs> yeah. mean, it's like, what is that? Yeah. What, what are you doing? You know, like I'm saying, it's it's not a kind of derivative. They've kind of taken bits of everything. It's like the Oscar Wilde thing, isn't it? You know, talent borrows and steals. Yeah, yeah and of course. just absolutely rip everything but something role. new comes but out and it's yours and it's yeah. not and you
3: can it has that uniqueness Cause of,
4: well of course we're influenced by everything mm. yeah yeah you know Can't unless not. You're deaf yeah. Yeah. Then, you yeah of course yeah. you're yeah. Gonna be influenced yeah. by it but yeah. trying to recreate it no I'm not no. too sure about that I'd like to kind of think that you can take it one step further yeah. and take all your influences but collectively as a band and then just see what comes out <laughs> yeah. at the end through the minter and just see how it kind of uh, see how it, it, it looks yeah. I mean one of the albums that I, I want in my top 5 is um, Sex Pistols yeah. of Man of Bullets because when that came out and I was saying earlier about the idea of exactly,
2: uh, this is in your 5 the Pistols this is
4: in the 5 yeah right well, should we,
2: we should, yeah let's
3: call let's call, call a, a part room? 2 let's have a quick let's have a coffee and then yeah. is going to yeah, be a big that, chat yeah yeah like for that. sure um, so, yeah, need, I bet everyone's so like now going to be. Like, oh, for fuck's sake, we've got to wait a day for part two. But that that will be a good thing. So, there you yeah. go. There's number two. And we. Number two. That's the second. I'm going for a same. number one. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, we'll see you tomorrow. And, Mike, thanks so much already. This has been cracking. It's a pleasure, really? mate. Man. It,
4: oh, are you recording it? Oh, shit. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll catch you. We'll catch you very shortly for uh, a little bit on Sex Pistols, which I, I had my seeking suspicion you'd say. So, yeah. Cool. Catch you soon. So there you have it, folks. Part one. You enjoyed
2: that as much as we enjoyed doing that. I know you did. Could you tell how excited she was getting? Yeah, absolutely. And and I know that you enjoyed it because you're still here. Um, Listen, big thanks to listening. And part two will be up uh, within the next 48 hours. Yeah. Uh, So go and subscribe on iTunes. And big thanks to our producer Seventy Six and our camera gimp and and our our video um, hot dog um, Brad. Um, Yeah, so thanks ever so much, and we will have a quick chat with you before part two. It's a drunken soirée in the whiffin'. Christmas, Joe present our core listing the podcast
1: join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland 4x e or summit 4x e